and welcome to Music Works, the podcast that explores the classical music industry. Before we go to the studio, we bring you this message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Alliance offer a team of music experts who understand musicians' needs and lifestyles, especially helpful during the strange times we're in. You can get cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment. Cover includes protection against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. Also, unlike home insurance, there's no excess to pay on instrument or accessory claims. If these difficult times have shown us anything, it's that life can be unpredictable and a lot of things are beyond our control. That's why insurance is important for any musician, whether you're planning to tour the world or teach the next generation. Then, if the worst happens, you won't be left out of pocket and you can get back to doing what you do best. At the moment, Allianz have a special online offer with two free months cover. And not only that, but every Allianz music policy now includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the um, season three finale of Music Works. Uh, I am very excited to be joined today by three members of the Polyphony Arts team. Uh, we have Margaret Pinder. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Hi. Hi, Lily. Lily Hope. Hi. Welcome. And Susie Murray, welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, we have come on here today to talk to you about um, a, a bit of a roundup from the various um, work that we do for Polyphony Arts and elsewhere in the music industry about where we think things are um, for the industry and people in it at the moment. So this is being recorded on the 28th of June. 2021 hopefully go out um very soon after that but uh, this is a little snapshot of the world as we see it um <laughs> at the moment from a from a musician's point of view so first of all um it's a while since we've had the team on um so i'd like first of all like to ask you all to introduce yourselves and say a bit about um what you are up to so let's start with margaret our most frequent appearance um on the podcast welcome back Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, it's always fun to be on the podcast as opposed to being behind the scenes, which is where I usually am because I manage the podcast. Um, so that's main. That's one of the big things I'm doing is um, actually managing this. We've been coming up with some exciting new ideas about maybe taking it out on location, which is in the pipeline. But we think that would be quite exciting now that there are live events happening if we could actually go and sort of be there. And um, do do some kind of be like sports commentators, yes. And the violins <laughs> are coming in; they're coming in really fast. It's very exciting. <laughs> <It's a bit laughs> like, um, so podcasting has been, you know, we started that. Um, we we started that since lockdown, and that's just grown exponentially. So I'm doing a lot of that. Um, generally helping clients with funding and on the side I've actually signed up I'm doing some shifts as a vaccine support worker doing my bit yeah. for the nation and and it, the weird thing is it's in the city hall in Hull which is where I usually perform with the whole Philharmonic Orchestra so it's so weird being in the hall that because instead of all the you know kind of beautiful red plush seats 
it's all vaccine cubicles. And I dare say when we go back finally to playing in the city hall, it's going to feel weird looking out, seeing all the red plush seats and not hordes of slightly anxious looking people coming in for vaccines. So, yeah. um, so I've got two kind of weird personas at the moment. Um, yeah, but it's They're fun. All. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lovely. And um, Lily, one of the newest members yes. of the Philippine Arts team, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. How exciting. Um, yeah, so uh, I joined Polyphony back in April, so it hasn't been very long um, at all, but I've been welcomed in with uh, open arms. <laughs> it's been fantastic. So, um, yeah, I've been working uh, with the composers at Polyphony Arts, so I'm an artist manager, but um, yeah, mainly for the composer clients. So we, I've just been helping them, you know, get their work out there, make recordings, um, all sorts of things, get published, all various things. Very exciting. It's been a really uh, a great look into how everything works for me because I um, I work with composers quite a lot as a musician. I'm a cellist, and I uh, graduated from the RCM a few years ago now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really passionate about new music and um, kind of underrepresented music. Uh, especially by new composers or composers of the last sort of century that have not been uh, appreciated as they should have been. So, um, so it's great for me to get to work with composers now and, and really see kind of from their perspective uh, what they want to do and, and how they function. Um, yeah, so it's really good. And I also, I'm a chamber, muser, chamber musician, <laughs> um, first and foremost. So that's where my passion really is. And uh, and I also work with some great chamber musicians through Polyphony Arts, so that's really fantastic as well. Um, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that, yeah. I, I, very, I remember um, thinking you'd be a perfect fit for the for the composers because of um, the work you do with your concert series. Do you want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, just before, uh, in March, it was the 8th of March, so International Women's Day of 2020, we launched our first concert in the retake concert series so wasn't the best well it was great timing in that we managed to get it off and it went down without a hitch and it was fantastic but um uh, but then the whole world shut down so yeah that wasn't ideal but um yeah so we uh, me and a colleague of mine um Eloise McDonald we run the retake concert series and it's based loosely off the McNaughton Le Maire concerts so uh, they were concerts from the uh, 20th century organized by some female musicians, mainly composers from the RCM. Um, and Anne McNaughton, she was a violinist and she had the McNaughton Quartet and they would perform there. And then it, it was basically a composer's platform for a lot of um, composers from that sort of time that didn't have anywhere else to play their music. So. Uh, we've, uh, my quartet originally formed to play the music of Elizabeth McConkie, uh, who, if you don't know who she is, she was an absolutely fantastic composer um, from the, the 19th, uh, 20th century, and um, really, really fantastic music. She has a voice unlike any other composer that I've really ever heard, and, um, and people don't know who she is still to this day, and I, I think it's a tra travesty. Um, you know, she 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 like won composer competitions when she was at, she studied at the RCM at the Royal College, and she won uh, I think it's the Mendelssohn composer competition or something like that, and she won it, and then they actually retracted uh, her prize and said, well, you're only going to go off and have babies and never write another <gasps> note. Yeah. So um, and then she later said, well, I did go and have babies, but I wrote a lot more notes, and um, and they're all absolutely brilliant 
so we formed to play her music and then we we just kept finding more and more and more um, that people don't know about and that we didn't know about after even after studying you know for however many years and playing in chamber groups for however many years and we were like well this just won't do <laughs> uh, so yeah we started a retake concert series to kind of try and integrate some of that repertoire with some of the kind of classic chamber music repertoire and also to create more music so we also the plan is to commission a new piece for each um, for each concert so in March of 2020 we commissioned a piece um, by Alex Paxton who is a fantastic amazingly colorful um, composer he wrote a piece for us called Florid Horrid that is it was a, a challenge to play that's so so much fun um, so that, yeah that's what we do that's wonderful such an incredible um, response to the need for new music to have a better life always I didn't know that about McConkie having the prize retracted that's terrible yeah. madness this is my uh, feminist rage is rising mm -hmm. in me right now <laughs> <laughs> we've had that so many times and we we went yeah. to play a concert actually I won't say where but um uh, with, when it was still we were still the McConkie Quartet we don't play together anymore um because we were all from different countries and the pandemic just it didn't make sense oh. but we went to play a concert at one point and um and we were called the McConkie Quartet and we were known to some degree for playing music by women even though we didn't really like calling it that we just like to say that we play great music no matter who it's by but uh we got to this venue and um the the concert manager kind of came up to us and said oh it's the me too quartet oh you're here to do the and we were just there like ah, yeah <laughs> sure wow. um so yeah it's 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 better than it was but it's certainly we're not all the way there yet so yeah yeah you should say, no it's not me too it's we four actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it wasn't before but it is now yeah. um, oh god how awful um well, there you go. So <laughs> certainly a, a snapshot of what it's like to be trying to um, increase inclusivity um, uh, on the ground there. Um, thank you so much, Lily. That's coming back to you in a moment. But um, Susie, talk to us about um, things with you. You've been on the pod. You came on our podcast once for the I think the Christmas special. Um, that was so, it. So welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, hey, lovely to be here. Um, uh, I joined Cliff of the Arts in September last year, so um, coming up to a year now, which is amazing. Um, and initially we thought it might be a, a slightly more short-term thing, but it's basically grown and developed, and it's really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so good to hear. Um, no, no, absolutely. Oh, no, it's great to be here. And um, so, yeah, I work with the... Um, uh, I've, I've, I've done artist management my entire career. Uh, I um, studied piano when I did music uh, with you, Katie, at York University, and um, that's where we met. And then I've always worked in artist management. Um, and so I've been working uh, with uh, instrumentalists and singers and um, ensembles, sort of, uh, and actually the conduct conductor as well within the um, Arts roster. So. Um, Yes, the artist management side of things. I'm also starting to work on the project management side of things more as well, uh, which is awesome. We have some very exciting projects in the pipeline, uh, which we great to start thinking about when there was a little bit more time to think really because of the pandemic. And obviously that threw up a lot of um, questions as to when things might start up again, but um, it, we've been able to get a lot of things rolling and hopefully some things might even happen uh, in August, we'll see. Um, but yes, there's there's some really lovely things in the pipeline. So um, 
Yeah, I can, hear, I can hear you itching to announce them, and I am as well. Right. They're not quite there yet, but you know, this is mm. an exciting taster um, yeah. of what's to come. Um, yes, I think we've we've really seen um, an awful lot of um, planning and thinking and innovation by our artists over the past um, eighteen months or so. Um, so let's uh, let's start with then, Susie, your perspective on where we're at with um, with things from a, a kind of promoter. Um, point of view because I know this will be really important for a lot of people to hear. Yes, so yes, so the last year I've been reaching out to people, uh, promoters, um, I mean traditionally an artist management will of course reach out, um, booking is cyclic and you always plan quite far ahead for a specific series um, and Every, I mean, there's been a very common message um, from promoters and series that they very much want to honour all of the things that were lost and cancelled due to um, pandemic disruption. Therefore, um, there's an awful lot of people who've moved their seasons by an entire season. They've just pushed it. So 1920 is now 2021 and so on and so forth. Um, some, some promoters are feeling hesitant to book new concerts until the existing ones can start to happen again. Um, so I think there's an awful lot of um, things being pushed down the line. So if you're an artist who was promised an engagement or knew that, that, that you had something coming up at some point in the not too distant future with a festival, with a series, with an orchestra, an awful lot of those promoters are having to tread water at the moment. And they're saying, sorry, we're having to rebook all those people who were cancelled, um, you know, but further ahead. I mean, I've heard, I've had series say to me, Ooh, 23, 24, 24, 25, you know, so if you were someone who was really hoping to slot a few of these things in a bit sooner, I think a lot of artists will be feeling potentially a bit of frustration uh, that it can't happen sooner. That being said, I, I get that there's a general feeling. Um, everyone knows that the concerts that were lost do have to be honoured and we and everyone's very respectful of that. And it's very good that the promoters are doing that and there's sort of no man left behind. The idea is that everyone will get um, the concert that they were due, but it does mean there's an awful lot of disruption for forward planning and everything is just getting pushed that much further away in terms of new invitations. Um, not to mention the logistical situation of if, if you're offered a date the following season, if you can't take it, there might be these odd gaps. So there'll be a mix and match of, oh, that artist can't take their re-invitation. So we will have a new artist. So it's, it's going to be a real puzzle, I think, for the next um, couple of years and beyond, potentially, for, for artists to sort of get back to where they were, try and get through all the concerts they were due to have, and then move on to those other ones, onwards and upwards, and continue to go. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you summarised that perfectly. It is basically sort of, it, it's harder than ever to predict, I think, isn't it, what, what's going to happen? And things are very different from some promoters than others, although, like you say, there are some mm. trends. Um, Lily, um, talk to me about this from the point of view of um, of yourself and your colleagues who are in that kind of first few years of of um, professional career after college. What's the impact of this on you? Yeah, it's definitely been uh, something we've had to adapt to a lot. It's quite. I mean, it's always difficult. I think you know they tell you as soon as you join music college, like. You, it's going to be competitive and it's going to be hard to find work and actually make a career of it and it's going to be a lot of hard work and all that kind of stuff and that's I think more true now than ever because um, uh, yeah, like you were saying everything's been pushed back and everyone uh, you know from a performing point of view as a you know performers are so performance starved now really even mm -hmm. if uh, you know they've been doing things digitally online or, or live streaming or whatever it's not 
it really isn't the same. I've done one um, performance with a live audience um, this year and it, it just felt so crazy to be there with people actually in the room listening to you. And um, it really is what fuels you. Um, so it's difficult. And But I also feel like it, it's really important, obviously, that promoters and fixers honour their bookings that were cancelled because... Um, you know they have relationships with these, relationships with these people and performers and it, 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 they, they want to keep them and i completely understand that but um yeah for somebody who's trying to kind of you know get their career off the ground and make contacts and find their place in the industry it, it is really tough because you know i think that fixers generally now can either they're booking people that they cancelled um over the pandemic or they they have sort of the choice of they, they can pick and choose you know their ideal performers or whoever they want to to book for a particular concert and very, people are very likely to say yes so it's it, it seems like they're less keen or it's less likely for them to book artists that they haven't worked with before or um yeah just become a little bit more cliquey even than than groups were before so um yeah but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> At least things are going to start to happen. And um, yeah, we'll, be, we'll have the opportunity to make some new contacts finally. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still to be seen the impact, I think, on on this, mm -hmm. on the, the, the sort of incoming generation of, of artists, because we talked on this podcast um, some time ago about the impact on um, on like young people's support schemes as well. And um, how how, you know, either they've been on the schemes and things have been postponed and maybe they're then getting the opportunity a bit later and then that affects the next um, intake as well. So it's all these things. I think the beginning of a career in particular can feel very uh, sort of stage by stage, would you say? Mm -hmm. And these the stages are getting delayed um, yeah. and the opportunities are getting squeezed, which is, is you know, like I say, the impact of this is very worrying, I think, for... Um, you know, for the ability of the industry to welcome it in the next generation. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see. We're very innovative and uh, restorative industry. So hopefully we'll see some uh, solutions mm -hmm. to that start to start to come yeah. in as it becomes clearer. Um, and uh, Margaret, tell us about what you've seen uh, in terms of the way um, this is impacting on people. Um, well, I think... Um, there are various uh, there, I can come at it from various different angles one is having mentioned I play for the whole fill obviously we've lost four concerts so this is in the amateur you know music sector which is still huge it's really oh, important. 100%, yeah and talking about the importance of performing um our venue the city hall is probably going to be booked for the vaccine sport program um, but we, because we hope to be back playing from September, one of the things I said that I would like us to do is try and get a concert booked in as soon as possible. See, normally we'd start in September and perform in November. And I said, because people need to feel they're back playing and have something right in front of their noses that we can go for. And I think just because we need that encouragement, and I think, but that applies across the board. I mean, I'm giving the example from um you know, the non-professional area, but that must apply as well. Just the feeling that you can actually get out and play has mm. to be really important. Um, what I am what I'm seeing, which is good, is that people have learned an awful lot about how to innovate and do things differently during the pandemic. And 
a lot of it's been very painful and difficult, but an awful lot, there's been an awful lot of learning going on that will stand people in good stead going forward. So long as they actually stay with that and, and carry and don't think those lessons are just for the pandemic. And then when we go back to life, you know, that's all going to fall away. Um, so we've seen people being immensely innovative. And also we're talking to Graziana, who's also part of the team, but bless her, she's in the background doing all the tech for this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, and she said also that there's a huge um, increase in people collaborating much more willingness for people to actually work together across um, also different genres as well, which is really exciting, I think. Um, because I think the the thing that's come out of this is we have to kind of make our own good fortune. Um, there's a limit, whereas people might have been slightly more passive and relied on, I mean, you could never really rely on the work coming to you, but I think, you know, because people are hungrier, but also um, creating more opportunities um, so I think that's been a positive that um, that there's a lot more creativity and you know we are seeing we've on the podcast we've talked to a number of the last season if I just like look back over the last season and some of the things we've talked about that have been really interesting we've looked at three we've looked at three I think it's three isn't it Katie live festivals now Waterperry, Cheltenham and um, Norwich and Norfolk. Mm. And they've all talked about how they've changed the way they're going to run the festivals, how they run the festivals. Now, some of them may just be temporary. For example, um, with Norfolk Norwich, they they introduced a, a different funding model this year, which may not be the one they run going forward, but they've innovated in that way, which is kind of pay what you want, pay what you can. Well, I mean, obviously, that's not necessarily a sustainable model, but at least it's in, it's getting people back. It's getting people to feel that they can come back. And so I think those kind of models, you know, we've looked at that. We've looked at health and well-being. Um, so there are a lot of topics there. And in the microcast that Katie does, which are about business mindset, a lot of these have been about trying to encourage people not to have a scarcity mindset. The new one that's going out tomorrow is about embracing abundance mindset which i could joke to katie i said it sounds like a character out of harry potter abundance mindset Um, a (laughs) large girl who likes to be embraced Um, but it's good because there's been such kind of feeling of scarcity (laughs) and that as an industry this is a hugely important industry in the country and i do feel very strongly that that value that economic value has been really overlooked by the powers that be and I think we need to really collectively do exactly what Katie will hear us saying it tomorrow, is actually just go out and be as positive as we can and kind of build positivity into the attitudes in the industry. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's so important, but it's also so difficult at this at this point yeah. um, when there's so much to talk about. And as as we were going through. Um, you know, sort of discussing where we do actually think things are at, it is, it's a lot easier to come up with challenges than it is to come up with solutions or, or, um, or sort of, uh, you know, things to, to celebrate, which is, is enormous shame, but nonetheless, it is actually where we are. So it's not really helpful to pretend that it isn't. Um, so this podcast is going to be useful in terms of people feel like, you know, so I, 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 what I want people to get from this podcast is that we see where you are. Um, and when we when we understand a challenge, it's a lot easier to hopefully find a way through it. And I know that we will find ways through this because, as Margaret said, there is absolutely 
not, almost nothing more striking about the way music and the arts have approached the pandemic than how flexible and innovative they've actually managed to be. Um, one positive that you touched on now is that I've I've really seen is the is the actual removal of some of the rules that are in place for promoters has actually made things a lot easier in terms of being artistically creative and experimental. So, like you said, um, the Norfolk and Norwich Festival <laughs> have um, yeah trying a pay as you as you can. Um, approach is probably something they would have struggled to do a lot more outside of the um outside of the context of you know just really needing this to be available to people and and and, and all of the, the things that they've done there and i know i was speaking to on one of the very first episodes of this podcast back from season one i was talking to someone um who's on the artistic um board of an orchestra steve sterling and i believe episode five if i remember correctly of, of season one um, and he was talking about how it has actually freed them up enormously to plan concerts um, that are only an hour long and that only you only need to get sort of like 80 or 100 people in, whereas before you'd be looking for more like 400, um, because actually you can be a lot more flexible artistically um, in that context. So that it's, it's interesting. I think it'll be interesting for the industry to see what comes of that. Um what decisions we're able to make from a more informed place rather than saying, well, you know, concerts are 45 minutes each half with an interval and this is how we do them and we can't do them any other way. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in that and I'm interested to see also what what comes of the new collaborative nature because we're only, I think we're all appreciating the way in which we can collaborate more openly and people are far more understanding of mental health and well-being and actually what it means to be an artist both professionally and um, in an amateur capacity, you know, that loss has been felt universally by the musicians um, on both sides of the of the industry and by audiences um, and by promoters as well, who are all dying to get things back going just as much as everyone else is. Um, and it'll be nice to see what that actually translates to in terms of future work. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, actually i think that's a, a potential it, it's just going to be interesting to see where we go from here um does anyone have any thoughts on that <laughs> yeah i mean from sort of a i guess a concert curator's point of view you know when we're trying to a lot of what you were saying is actually what we were trying to do before the pandemic even happened because you know like you were saying breaking the traditions of having a 45 minutes each half with an interval sort of concert where everyone has to sit down and be quiet and you know whatever um we we're already we were already starting to recognize and i'm sure lots of people other people were too that that just is not really working it works for a small audience um and that audience is sort of you know especially now dwindling more and more and if we want to carry on doing this thing that we care about so much we're gonna have to um we are gonna have to change it and i think that um the, the pandemic has really kind of pushed us to do that even sooner and quicker and kind of shown everybody the urgency of well you can't really keep doing things the way you always have done because it's yeah it's gonna just sort of fizzle out um so yeah looking at things from a technical point of view in terms of having things available online more and more or 
having shorter concerts, smaller audiences, having the sort of concerts in, in untraditional venues even, or outside or, um, yeah, all these kind of things. Are, I think people are thinking about them a lot more. And um, yeah, that's partially what, what causes this, this kind of, um, this collaboration, this, this, all these new collaborations, because people are thinking, well, I don't wanna do something that is gonna be, you know, impossible to put on or in a big huge concert hall with hundreds of people or um yeah or even just something that's not going to translate well into a digital format or anything like that so yeah people are thinking well how can i collaborate how can i you know mix this with a different genre of music or a different art form or uh, anything like that and i think that's great it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of projects come out of that yeah, yeah. Our, just to mention our friends at Alternative Classical, Hannah Fiddy, mm -hmm. um, and that team is just, they were sort of ahead of the curve. They were doing this before lockdown, but I mean, what they do has become even more relevant. Um, so, you know, the, the the movement was already there, but I think I absolutely agree with you, Lily, that that's just become so much more urgent mm -hmm. and, and relevant. Yeah, um, and, and, and widely understood as well. There's been yeah. a lot less of it's become less of the the outlying you know like rebel uh, yeah. <laughs> team or whatever and and actually become the they that the people who are doing things like that have become the the people that everyone needs to be following the example of mm -hmm. um i wonder what you guys think i sort of thought as you were talking then lily about perfectionism which is something that again that i've talked about before and i think it's really really inherent in the music industry um in particular i mean it is it's it, <laughs> In many ways, but in particular, I'm thinking of in terms of, of concert planning and um, the way in which um, I don't know if you found this, but as a promoter and in, in various of the organizations I've worked for, I've found that there's this it's really difficult to plan anything that might not be completely amazing. And that by which I don't mean that we want mediocre mm. events, but it's like we have to have thought through. We can't do this because this might not be incredible. Um, and it, it has a, in general, it can lead to like a lack of spontaneity or, um, you know, more, less risk taking, essentially. I wonder if any of you have, have experienced any, anything around that, you know, over the last few months, you know, the, a, a shift away from perfectionism resulting in actually something different happening. Yeah, I think it has to happen because there are so many new things that you don't know what perfection is. When you're yeah. trying something new so you have to kind of fly by i'm sorry I, i'm thinking i can't talk on perfectionism because i'm so yeah. fly by the seat of your pants person um <laughs> yeah yeah no I yes. think and actually i think it will also come back to um a bit like you were just saying with the actually if you're working with smaller audiences um and and you're, you're flipping the model a bit that will also automatically allow for more more event adventurous choices to be made because it has always been I felt that it's conservative programming has always basically been reflected the yeah. financial tensions and the incredible balancing act that promoters try to to make with they you know everyone always has funding patrons and a bit of money from ticket sales but it's always so close to the wire from what I can tell and uh, that's that's why people program safe programs because they want to guarantee big audiences lots of people are going to come yay it's a Chopin program yay it's Beethoven whatever it might be and um, 
you can be more adventurous when there's less of um you know a financial risk effectively so if mm-hmm. if we can yeah take some of these models of more audiences but smaller or shorter programming or whatever it might be um and that can actually free things up a bit and then things can become adventurous again and then actually that might prove to be very popular like you say margaret we sort of have to go there and that in turn could actually open up some new interesting programming doors because people will be potentially less fearful yeah because um, i think also one thing is right now is a good time because audiences are going to be as forgiving as they ever will be audiences <laughs> yeah. are going, no no they are they're going to be yeah. so grateful and so glad to see people back they will yeah. be you know they will appreciate yeah. that you know times have been hard and that it may not be perfect but that's okay that's yeah. you know it's true there's a real hunger and enthusiasm absolutely and people will come with fresh eyes and ears and mm-hmm. yeah respond in a new way so yeah all to play for <laughs> absolutely yeah okay well um let's start to to round it up so i was hoping to ask um each of you for um either a thought or a piece of advice for our listeners or or some kind of closing comment um on the kind of the period that we've just gone through this kind of really bizarre spring of is it isn't it mm. <laughs> open um and looking forward to the summer and the and and beyond so let's start with margaret um yes i think my following on from what we've just said is what i would like to say is continue to be brave and be hopeful and really try and make things happen and the other thing i would say because from the example of the podcast we started this and the more i get into podcasts um this is really where it's been happening i mean the the growth in podcasts has been absolutely exponential and since the start of the pandemic it really has taken off so podcasts are kind of the new thing they're overtaking all sorts like you know blog posts i mean there's still a place for those so i think the message i would put out is apart from you know be brave be bold you know um have confidence in in yourself don't be put off is don't lose the move you've had we've all had to make onto the internet there's been so much that's had to happen online don't walk away from that now that things are going live this is a huge resource that you are still going to need. Things have changed a lot. This is one of the positives. If you if you're not online by now, then you've you kind of if you you've almost missed the boat. But for those of you and everybody who's <laughs> listening to this, no, everyone's listening to this is listening to it because they get the importance of online. Absolutely. Keep that. Keep that. You'd still need that. You know, we have to make our own good fortune. We have to build our own profiles. We have to put ourselves out there because of the impact of a lot of what Lillian uh, and Susie have been saying about how, you know, for, especially for new performers um, coming through. So keep the online, still make that work for you because that's going to be absolutely crucial going forward. Yeah, I, I completely agree uh, with that, Margaret. And I think, you know, just to sort of build on it as well, you know, because when I'm not doing music or working, you know, doing my own sort of creative endeavours, it is sort of, the internet is where I go for entertainment and to, you know, to watch a show or listen to podcasts or um, even things like um, YouTube channels, which are it's so huge nowadays. And if you think about it from a, a performer's point of view or a creative's point of view, um, it, there's so many audience members out there. Um, you know, you look at some of these YouTube channels that have 
just millions of subscribers. So as important as our sort of local communities are, of course they are, because um, you know you want to be able to work close to home and and live in your in what you do. But yeah, I think it's now is a great time for people to try and reach out and and really bring in people from all around the world. We've been in this thing together. It's been global, and uh, yeah, I think everyone, you know, also if you're an audience member and you're looking for just things to escape to, music to listen to, stories to to listen to, get you know absorbed into. Uh, there's so much out there, and you can find so much going on, um, even if it is on a screen. So, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Susie, any final words? Um, yes. Um, actually, yeah. To to build on from that as well, that um. Staying online will be uh, important and also because I think, I, I mean, my hopes are basically that things will start to open um, from this summer onwards. Obviously, you know, we perhaps have a slight UK perspective of this in the sense that our vaccine rollout is going very well and there's a very high uptake. Um, but this is a global industry and different countries are working at things at different paces. And um, but I am hopeful that things will reopen. Promoters will hopefully have confidence to start looking further ahead and thereby artists will be able to get more new engagements um, lined up in their diaries. Um, I have heard rumblings of different countries uh, only accepting certain vaccines, I'm afraid to say, or vaccines even only administered in certain countries because they want a certain eight weeks between the two shots or whatever the rest of it. I think there might be some complications in the next <laughs> six to 12 months where those things will come more to the surface. So we might not quite be out of the woods in terms of easy traveling for work yet. But hopefully those things will get ironed out. We of course also have the whole Brexit situation which has been quite masked in a way by the pandemic um, that not everyone's trying to get across the border uh, at the start of the year. But I think there will also be more teething um, issues with that to say the least. So. Uh, I'm yes I'm hopeful I think people should stay optimistic I think things will continue to open up gradually but there will be probably a few more bumps in the road which we'll have to iron out um, but yeah hang on tight there there's been some wonderful innovation and some great online activity and we just need to try and keep that going and um, hopefully take the best bits out of everything that we've experienced um, by the time we get out the other side yeah absolutely I know. And I think I think it's just so it's so hard to strike to, to kind of deal with all of the difficult things that are going on, isn't it? And then at the same time, um, try and uh, and remain positive. But if um, if I could say one thing, it would just be that as as the, all of this goes on, I really do believe that the world is becoming a more inclusive and understanding place in general, despite the enormous practical challenges that keep getting thrown in our way by um by brexit and the government and the <laughs> and the pandemic and the travel corridors i really acknowledge how hard all that is and i know that this is just absolutely enormous at the moment i i remain hopeful that ways through will be found about this but the best advice i can give to anybody listening is just to stay completely tuned in to your own personal sense of your quality and your aims and your aspirations and they they will i believe that that is just the key to to finding satisfaction in whatever it is that you're doing um and hopefully find being able to have a voice to advocate for the things that you need to make that happen as well because that 
that certainly gives me a sense of personal power <laughs> if nothing else absolutely yeah 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 oh lovely well thank you so much um everyone for coming on and joining us and for um closing uh season three so we will be back um from september with season four we may also drop some special episodes over the summer um and um yes we look forward very much to to talking and seeing where we're at in september yeah <laughs> thank you everyone thank you Bye. 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 <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the music works podcast if you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe, check out our other great episodes and even better, leave us a review. You can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing list for updates and news about what Polyphony Arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there. You can find more information in the show notes as well. Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beardsworth and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening.